0: Hello, thank you for listening to Factor Fiction, a mostly true crime history podcast. Please be aware that in each episode, one fictional detail has been inserted. At the end, all will be revealed. Now, on with the show. On Friday morning, February 20th, 1920, readers of the Arizona Republican and other papers across the nation were shown a picture of a kindly bespectacled doctor holding a smiling baby boy. The caption said, Picture shows Dr. John R. Brinkley holding Billy, one of the famous goat gland babies. Dr. Brinkley, a surgeon, has startled the scientific world by transplanting goat glands to men and women as a means of restoring a lost heritage. The parents of Billy had wanted a baby for 18 years. Dr. Brinkley persuaded the father to submit to an operation involving the transplanting of glands from a goat. This perfectly healthy and laughing baby came along to bless a home that has been childless for those many years. What exactly was this miracle surgery that cured infertility? And who was the supposed genius behind it? Today's topic is John R. Brinkley, frequently called the goat gland doctor. Brinkley led a storied life as he gained wealth and fame for his revitalizing surgeries, his early adoption of radio technology, his political campaigns, and more. I'm your host, Lara, and this is Fact or Fiction. Listen carefully because it is tricky to know if what you hear is fact or fiction. Ready to play? Hi, everyone. Welcome to Factor Fiction, a mostly true crime history podcast. I do a lot of research for these episodes, and you can check out the list of sources on the Factor Fiction factorfictionpodcast.com page. But I do add one fiction into the story. At the end of the episode, my guests and those of you listening at home will have the opportunity to separate the fiction from the facts. And speaking of guests, now it's time to introduce today's, the true crime podcast legends whose show... Focuses on bizarre, lesser-known crime cases from around the globe, delivered with respect, a bit of humor, and a smidge of song. Welcome, Cam and Jen from our true crime podcast. Hey, hey, Laura, thank Thanks you so for much for having us. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here. we so nervous. This is like you're my first real podcaster guest. So. Ooh, oh, I know. What an I honor! Would not thank be you so much. <laughs> you have well, the bar I... very low there, Laura. <laughs> You so can only even... go up from here. <laughs> so even casual listeners of your show will recognize that you two are really, really good friends. So mm-hmm. how long do you know one another? 42 years. 41 that's like a, years. That's as old as you are. So you were like, oh, thank one. you. Thank you, Laura. It's true, it's true. <laughs> we knew each it's...
1: other before we were born. Thank In you, Europe, up, up, yeah. Up,
0: yeah. Uh Actually, we met when we were 12. So... Okay, uh, so my, my next yeah. question was, did you bond over true crime? But you were 12, so probably not. More you want to like, tell her how we bonded?
1: More <laughs> like horror, scary movies. Like that's when we, you know, Jason and yes. Michael Myers and all that good stuff.
0: But the reason why we became friends is we both fell in love with oh, the same boy at the skating rink. The same boy
1: at the skating rink, yeah. Yes. Oh, the that's skating
0: how- rink! Yes, yeah. so that's how we became friends. I think we were in third grade together. But mm-hmm. I was like the girl that had to sit by the bad kids to keep them in line. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was a goodie mm-hmm. two-shoes then. Um, but then Emil and I were just at the skating rink one night. and uh, We knew each other in passing. But then, mm-hmm. you know, when Andrew passed by, well, yeah. that's when we.
1: bye for his attention. Yep. So On that's me. Me. Friends. Skate. And yep. then
0: everything else came into play. The horror movies, the true mm-hmm. crime, the, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's but it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, so what happened? Do you know what happened to Andrew? Nope. Uh, <laughs> he's still around, but I, I, I'm happy to
1: say I kept Jennifer and I think Jen would say <laughs> the same thing about me and we got rid of him. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: I think, and honestly, I think that passing crush was maybe 30 to 60 days. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, we weren't 12, for God's sake. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, somebody else skates by and we're off, you know? So. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on my show, ladies. And, now, I introduced today's episode by talking about a 1920s advertisement about the goat gland doctor. So, do you have any questions about that? I have a lot of questions, <laughs> but I'm just
1: going to sit back and listen because... Yeah, oh
0: yeah, we're going to um, we're gonna go through this. Yeah. So, how do you imagine he, like, what was his surgery? What do you think the, the surgery entailed?
1: I, I gotta be, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, where are goat glands located? And then where would they go? In a, I don't even know. (laughs) I never made it to anatomy. So I don't know. I would go to anatomy is a whole nother thing. Something
0: about pituitary glands, Mm -hmm. try to put it there. Thyroid? Like by the thyroid? Well, thyroid's in your neck, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I I would not be more, but if it would be for. No, it's exactly what you're fearing that it is. So, um, (laughs) basically. the head? uh, Lower. Uh, not in the head. Well, at the big head. <laughs> at the big head. Not a little the lower. Head? Not. Oh, the a little, little lower. The yeah. little head. A b- little below the waist, right? <laughs> so, oh. A little bit below the waist. So oh. basically, he transplanted goat testicles into men in need of a little, uh, let's just say, pick-me-up. Um. So, and, yeah. So this revolutionary procedure supposedly came about shortly after This is crazy. After the doctor arrived in the tiny town of Milford, Kansas, he and his wife rented out the town's only drugstore for $7 a month. Wow. And Minnie Brinkley tended the store with its, you know, soda fountain and dry goods. and, And then Dr. Brinkley tended the patients. They lived in a small room in the same building. And when they arrived in Milford, they were penniless, which Minnie was not happy about because she was not accustomed to small towns for poverty. She had grown up as the daughter of a respected doctor in Memphis, Tennessee. Not long after their arrival, money wasn't a problem because that's when Dr. Brinkley performed that miracle surgery when he (laughs) helped a a, a happily married but childless 46-year-old farmer. The story from his autobiography, the one that Brinkley commissioned to be written about his life, was that this patient was complaining that he could not father a child, but that his patient would not have a problem if he had testicles like those in the buck goat that was apparently uh, <laughs> proving his prowess just outside uh-huh. the window of Brinkley's office. So I mean, you can picture this tiny farm town. There's, I guess, a goat going at it right, right off the window. Um. So, so, so the patient- I'm sorry. I'm like trying to think of a man with the goat testicles. Like, is he wearing like chaps? I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't. I mean I'm sorry. <laughs> so the patient so so they this happened and the, the patient supposedly begs the doctor to give him his own set of goat bones. Uh. Uh, so according to Doc you two would think this was kind of Do they get a discount if they only need one? <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just wondering. laughs> according to Dr. Brinkley, yep. <laughs> the result of this surgery was that smiling baby. And of course, did you catch they named the baby Billy? Ah, uh, Billy Goat. Yeah. Billy Go- Go- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic i'm just kidding you oh no wait a book entitled the goat gland transplantation went on to explain that Togenberg goats work best because they are healthy and don't carry the persistent odor which is peculiar (laughs) to male goats the world over and which if shed abroad by a human being would make his neighborhood unpleasant so that's come on everybody come go get your odorless (laughs) goat nads (laughs) So as his clinic grew, Dr. Brinkley built a pen. I love this too. Built a pen to house goats for his operations. And patients could even choose their own goat. Huh. Like and a lobster. Like red exactly. lobster? <laughs> That's what I was <laughs> thinking too. I want that God. lobster. So his uh, goat huh. transplantations were so successful at rejuvenating men that he decided he should help women with their sex lives too. Oh, what do we get? Uh, <laughs> what's good for the ghost. I'm scared. That. I know. Uh, when he was working with women, his wife, Minnie, the, the doctor's daughter, helped make the women patients feel more comfortable. Uh, she often... She them? Administ- <laughs> she pet them? Or- <laughs> she fed them grain <laughs> from the... Uh, from, the <laughs> from the trough? From the trough. <laughs> so Minnie often administered the anesthetic, both local and general, but don't worry about her qualifications because she had a medical license, from the same Kansas City School where Brinkley did. Obviously, both were well-learned. Yes, yes, they were. Um, Brinkley claimed both procedures were simple, safe and foolproof. But I think you know this is coming. Brinkley claimed a lot of things. For example, let's start with his claim that he was an accredited, a licensed medical doctor. Brinkley did study medicine at the unaccredited Bennett Eclectic Medical College in Chicago. But he did not graduate. He did have a diploma, however, but it was obtained from a well-known diploma mill. So wow. that's also where his wife got her degree, too. Dr. Brinkley had some questionable medical training and qualifications, but what about that miraculous conception of baby Billy and the goat gonad transplant? <laughs> what inspired him to even attempt such a thing? So we're gonna have to go back a little bit on this one. Um Brinkley made claims from time to time that he was a son. He, he made a lot of claims. One of them was that he was the son of a doctor and had attempted to study at Johns Hopkins, but he was turned down by the snooty dean. The truth was that he was the illegitimate son of a poor mountain man named John Richard Brinkley. The elder Brinkley, whose medical training, he was not a doctor, um, and he didn't even have a... Doesn't a, sound like anybody's a doctor in this story. <laughs> Well... Um, but but the elder, yeah, the elder Brinkley, whose medical training was mostly just from techniques that he learned as a medic in the Confederate Army during the Civil War, he treated other poor mountain folk in the area in exchange for bartered goods. So I think it was like he was all that they had, right? And I don't think he was claiming that he was a doctor. John Brinkley's father must have been something because he was married four times. <laughs> and Brinkley's own mother was the young niece. Of his father's third wife. Wait, say that again. Brinkley's own. Uh Say that again. So Brinkley's Brinkley's own mother, Dr. Brinkley, Uh or Dr. Brinkley's own mother was the niece. In uh quotes. If you didn't
1: see that, in quotes, Uh yes.
0: (laughs) Of the father's third wife. So the third wife was living with the older Brinkley Uh and her niece came to visit. And suddenly she had a... Baby too. So, oh yeah, goats are very potent. But <laughs> so his real mom died, and his dad died when he was ten. John Brinkley must have been pretty smart because he found a job as a mail carrier and learned telegraphy. tele, tele- telegraphy. He was a telegrapher. Tele. How would you say that? Telegraph I don't know. I'd have to say You're asking the wrong people to say words. <laughs> <laughs> <Telegraphy>? <laughs> was
1: okay, he a so map te- maker? <laughs> no that was a topographer
0: i thought that's a, t- a t- logra- telegrapher okay working as a telegrapher because you know the dots and dashes morse codes oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. okay gotcha um that's so funny because i've read this a million times and never once did i think oh of I that's say that that happens to us all the time we always say that our uh podcast is uh, sponsored by pronounce.com pronouncenames.com <laughs> because we'll go what what is that right and so I'll play it and and like, we'll go, sorry Nico hold on counts. Nico let
1: me let me go look that up hold on
0: yeah <laughs> oh yeah we're bad so. that's uh well me too obviously it's not a job that people currently have so maybe exactly that's an excuse I
1: have but there you go so
0: we'll accept it working mm-hmm. as the uh telegrapher, was a good gig. Um, There was a great demand for men who could interpret dots and dashes of Morse code into words. And according to one blog article I found written by Paul Harden, is a quote, it was a good occupation, paying good wages. Western Union and the railroads offered incentives such as paid vacations, annual bonuses, and health care. Unheard of perks at the time. So, you know, I think if Brinkley had been happy with that. Job, we would not be here and he probably would have had a successful life he
1: was destined for greater things he, greater gonads if you will <laughs> if you will <laughs> exactly
0: he wanted to climb that mountain uh, <laughs> to be successful with I the know. goats mountain goat, <laughs> mm-hmm. mountain, goat. Goats. mountain goats brinkley returned home um so he was out working as a whatever right. a telegrapher and he returned home for the death of his aunt and reunited with a former schoolmate named sally wilk Or Wilkie, the two married and then traveled a bit, working as a pair of Quaker doctors offering cures to people in rural towns. Now, keep in mind that they were neither Quakers nor doctors. They were traveling and they made their way to Knoxville, Tennessee, where John R. took up a new occupation. He wore a white lab coat and he worked as Dr. John Brinkley, assistant to Dr. Burke. Now, remember, he's still not a doctor. But his boss, Dr. Burke, who I don't think was a doctor either, helped men who suffered from specifically male problems. I got a lot of this information from this really great book written by Pope Brock called Charlatan. And I'm just going to read, this is a long quote, but it's so worth it because. I can't wait. It's so good. Just the author's
1: name alone. I can't wait. I, I
0: know. I was thinking like that was a very adult
1: star name. That's a, what I thought. Adult movie Our minds are both in the gutter. Yeah, I know. Uh,
0: I I did not think that. I love that you, you brought that to the story yeah. here. Okay. So this is the quote. The young physician chatted. He chuckled. He took a grave interest. He showed the man around. Soon the two were passing along the main line of exhibits, a stage-by-stage depiction of the male member in syphilitic decline. It spoke for itself. With each new cabinet, the organ grew more deformed and the colors changed. Perhaps leprosy was mentioned by way of comparison. Mm. In the last room, the customer met the boy. It was known by that name throughout the trade, and every free educational and anatomical institute worth its salt had one. The scene was replayed countless times while the salesman hung back or bent to tie his shoe. That was when the customer approached a rectangular pillar walled in glass. It was pitch dark inside. The mark moved toward it cautiously, perhaps glancing back at his guide for the go-ahead. He peered in close, trying to see what was in there. And then the lights blazed on full and the grinning wax face of an idiot sprang into view. Horrifying as it was, the warning above was even worse. Lost manhood. Oh. So... I know, right? <laughs> That's a bedtime wow. story. <laughs> That's like one of your horror stories. It is. What have united you two when you were 12. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's pretty obvious that this connection with Burke probably inspired Brinkley to continue his his live stream of assisting men in search of a certain type of, um, I don't know, a certain type of help. Looking back at the people who fell for these scams, today we might feel superior, but we need to remember that back then, this was a time when many people viewed the educated with skepticism. And according to Pope Brock, they may have even had grounds to suspect doctors of choosing to keep patients sick and dependent on their medicines, right? So is it any wonder that a little bit of showmanship and a kind, attentive disposition, promising it into suffering was appealing? You know,
1: oils and all that good right. stuff that, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was very common then. And there were a lot of quacks, but there were probably also some good people too. And not everybody was taken in by quacks like Burke and Brinkley, but enough of them were to provide Brinkley with funds to travel to Chicago, Chicago to study at the eclectic university there. Um, do you know what eclectic medicine is? Any idea? Um, I'm gonna I guess it's it's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> eclectic, well, eclectic
1: means like different and
0: yeah, like a very weird. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um so I had so what to look we this call up. that
1: today what we call that new age medicine something like that actually you
0: know? i think yes it yeah. was a little bit like that basically it was a branch of medicine and they used botanical remedies and other substances and physical therapy and it was popular in the latter half of the 19th and first half of the 20th centuries so it would be like non-traditional medicine i guess mm-hmm. right um, but traditional Which, less- yeah. goat nads fit into that non-additional <laughs> medicine right goat nads i like that nads. that's a shortened yeah, shortened. yeah. <laughs> so um, i gonna be so my so new it, online name goat nad yeah goat nads, go- nads. We, we reach could, we, out to janet goatnads.com goat goat <laughs> so obviously traditional western medicine did not have a favorable view of these schools. they were not approved by the Flexner report, which was commissioned by a council within the American Medical Association. And the report criticized eclectic medical schools on the grounds that they had poor laboratory facilities and inadequate opportunities for clinical education in hospitals.
1: Well, I think that's the least of the worries with what they got going on. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) Brinkley studied at the Bennett Medical College in Chicago by day, and he worked at Western Union by night using his telegraphy skills. Uh, his his wife at that time had given up her career as a Quaker doctor to stay home and have babies. Through the course of their marriage, they had three daughters. However, you may be shocked to learn this. Brinkley was not an ideal husband.
1: Oh, oh I'm shocked. You don't
0: say. I know. They wow. fought frequently and had financial problems. Another shocker. Um, so now we're in around 1911, the growing family, they left Chicago behind along with a lot of unpaid bills. And they returned to North Carolina for a while. After they were there just a little bit, Brinkley left his family behind. And he was going to go study medicine in St. Louis. Yay. Somewhere. Right. That's where we are.
1: Uh, that's where <laughs> that's, we that's, are.
0: Yeah. Me too. Um, yeah. But he wasn't allowed to attend even their, their schools because he had not paid his tuition to the, the college in Chicago. So they refused to forward his records. He went all the way to St. Louis and then, whoops, he can't study because his records from this fake university are not transferred to the other fake fake, university. Right, right, right. (laughs) You know. Yeah. The other one. (laughs) He fake money to get the fake (laughs) records. If only he had some money that was fake. Yeah. His family joined him as he traveled across the country to make ends meet in a variety of places. Florida, North Carolina, New York, and back to Chicago. But the final straw for his wife came when a drunken Brinkley was arrested and needed her help to bail him. After that, she left for good, taking the girls with her back to North Carolina. And that's of the last she saw of her, I think. He was on his own again and determined to make some money in his chosen career. He really wanted to be a doctor. Um, He he had this one-armed friend. (laughs) As we all do. Uh Named James Crawford. And that he he took his friend and they went back to hang out with Dr. Burke in Greenville, South Carolina. And while they were there, Burke trained Crawford how to be a doctor, again in quotes, at his clinic, just like he trained Brinkley.
1: Wait, Becon- so the one armed doctor is training him? No, no, no. no. He's
0: training the one armed doctor. one armed tra- doctor. Okay.
1: So hopefully he's, he's not gonna- a surgeon, right? I was just gonna say,
0: hopefully he's not a surgeon, <laughs> right?
1: Jen, you and I are on the same. I know.
0: That's what makes your show so great so you two are always <laughs> on the same wavelength. After they were educated by this doctor Berg Crawford and Brinkley decided they didn't need him any longer, and they set out to establish their own business, which they called the Greenville Electromedic Doctors. They hmm. borrowed heavily to set up their. I guess at the time, maybe electro was a uh, you know sort of in the early like what nineteen ten nineteen eleven, so electricity would have been kind of new and exciting and. People would have thought it was so energy kind of right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Crawford and Brinkley borrowed heavily to start up this business by selling cures, injections of colored water at twenty five dollars a pop. Wow, that's a that's a lot back then too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot now to pay for colored Colored water. water. Yeah, but still. (laughs) I think they're on to something. I think that we should do that. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk later. Yeah, we'll no, so they're going to sell. He's, they sold that to men concerned with their manly vigor. They borrowed heavily to set up their business, and what, of course, could go wrong? After all, the two had been trained by Doctor Burke, and then Doctor Burke had been successful for quite a while. The two used pseudonyms, so this gets so confusing. So, the one-armed guy Crawford decided to call himself Burke. Also, of course, so it's it Burke and Burke. Well, no, they're competing with Dr. Burke. Okay. Oh, so, so it's Brinkley and Burke. Brinkley and Burke. Uh huh. Well, actually, yeah. no, Brinkley t- said he was Blakely. So it became Burke and Blakely. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. But, but, and don't worry, I won't talk about that much more, but it made it really confusing to research that. But, oh, I bet. Right. But the good people of Greenville wised up to the pair pretty soon. So don't worry, I we'll won't talk about Burke, Burke, or whatever again. So they were run out of Greenville, South Carolina, when their scan was exposed, and they traveled to Memphis, Tennessee. While they were there, Brinkley met 21-year-old Minerva Talitha Jones. She was the daughter of a well-known Memphis physician. Brinkley fell hard for her. So hard, in fact, that he forgot he was still married to Sally Wilkie Brinkley. Well, yeah, I hate, but when,
1: when, uh-huh. he right I hate when that happens. That's just uh-huh.
0: terrible. <laughs> and it- a lot of these it really stories. does mm-hmm. it's he forgot he was married and he's got his daughters yeah yeah but after and he that's married what her love will do to you love I'm, makes you blind at, and stupid yeah but after he married her then suddenly he remembered about his family oh. and told her then
1: many so fam-
0: Asia. It, was, all, it happens to all of us it does many was surprisingly this is the crazy part she was actually pretty cool with the whole thing like
1: the rest of this isn't crazy okay go ahead sorry right
0: yeah but Minnie's father, you might not be surprised to find out, was not happy. He was really angry. He was angry about the marriage, the bigamous marriage. Then he was even angrier when the, when the Greenville Sheriff turned up in Memphis and arrested the newlywed Brinkley on charges of forgery and practicing medicine without a license. Can you imagine if your daughter married a guy like that? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to imagine that. No, no I know.
1: It would be horrible. I just, I just um. wish them all the happiness. <laughs> yeah, you do.
0: Unless it's your daughter. I know. Them, yeah. not yeah. Them. them. Brinkley and Minnie were actually very happy together. Minerva's, she goes by Minnie. Um, but after a settlement was reached, which of course Minnie's dad had to pay for, right? Brinkley and his new bride left town and they traveled together through Kansas and Arkansas. And eventually Brinkley decided he really did need that medical license. So he just bought one from the Eclectic Medical University of Kansas City. Well, as how... one
1: does, just, you know, <laughs> you, you either go to school for eight to ten years or just buy one. Yeah, one. I wish
0: I would have known it was so easy to become a doctor. I would have <laughs> done that a long time I though. know, Dr. Jennifer. I, I know. I appreciate that, yeah. So so the lovebirds. Um, oh, now this is also amazing. The certificate allowed him to be licensed in eight states. Oh, oh. Nice. That must
1: be a special certificate because I don't think that's how it works normally. Yeah, if... I think
0: if if you spent fifty, it's just like one state, right? But if okay, you go yeah, to spend yeah. the whole, it 100... was a buy one get seven more free <laughs> type <laughs> yeah. deal. So they had the Lovebirds had their bliss interrupted briefly because you know this is 1917 and Brinkley was drafted and he was sent to Fort Bliss, Texas, and now Brinkley claimed that he had been the only medical officer. And he worked tirelessly there in less than ideal conditions. So it wasn't surprising that he suffered a breakdown and was dismissed. But guess what the records say? Well, they don't say that. They said that he spent over half of his two and a half months of enlisted service in the sick bay as a patient suffering from, this is quoted, rectal fistula multiple. Oh, oh, <laughs> not what sounds, I would have went with.
1: No, right? I was so, thinking about uh, Jen and I uh, freshman year in gym where we just claimed we had our period all the time. So we didn't have to <laughs> exactly. do anything. That's why I was going to go with. like
0: the Hollywood route and say it was exhaustion, but not no. an nope. anal fissure. <laughs> not that, not that. Mm-mm. So, anything but an anal bottom fissure. Bottom of my list, if you will. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to have so much fun editing this. Oh um, Okay. <laughs> After he was released from the military, Brinkley was free to serve his fellow countrymen stateside, and he traveled with Minnie to Milford, Kansas, where he first performed that uplifting surgery on a man with a sagging libido. Um, by this by this time Sorry. he had by this time he had officially divorced his first wife and married Minnie, which was kind of nice since they now had a son of their own. So other than his bogus medical license, he was totally legit when he decided to become the man who had put Milford on the map as the home of the Brinkley Hospital, which was a place where miracles happened. Mm. Um, so transplanting healthy sex glands to someone in need of vigor was not uniquely Brinkley's idea. So this is really crazy. Going back a few years, Charles Edward Brown-Siguard Again, I need your pronounce.com names. (laughs) Pronounce.com. Yeah. (laughs) Gave a a lecture about injecting himself with filtered extracts from the, quote, crushed testicles of young dogs and guinea pigs to regain the vigor and intellectual stamina of his youth. So that's what this actual, that's a real actor, lecturer.
1: Yeah. I I think crushed isn't what they want. I'm (laughs) going to say Well, well, not on
0: them, but I'm. I guess if you want to extract the essence of
1: crush, crush dog,
0: I yeah, uh, do like you would. We, we don't need, need to give no orange graphics, juice. Jen.
1: No graphics. That's what we got I'm thinking.
0: It. Like to make orange juice. And oh, <laughs> I, I, do. Yeah. I was thinking of like a mortar and pestle type oh, thing, yeah. but I either I, yeah either. I mean, or terrible. Let's go. I honest. just hope yes. that they were all removed from the animal before anything. Else. I, I think that they were. I think that they were. And when he was talking about this experiment, he told the audience that his young wife approved of them, especially. So people were legitimately investigating this. It's kind of uh, scary.
1: Uh, I know, really.
0: Others around the happens. world, like this one is pretty gross, too, worse than the rest. Um, others around the world offered different glandular surgeries to help old men perk up. Uh... Serge Varanoff practiced monkey testicular grafting in Paris. Mm. I've heard of it. You have?
1: Yeah, it's very big over there. (laughs) I'm kidding. I've never heard
0: of that. (laughs) No, actually, there is a cocktail named after him called the monkey gland.
1: Oh,
0: yum. Can't wait. Delicious. Doesn't it sound great? Another biologist was also interested in the testicular virility connection, a guy named Eugene Steinick. And he transplanted male guinea pig testes into a female guinea pig. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry.
1: Get I, it. I'm I want to
0: aim a little higher. <laughs> you
1: know, come on. I, I mean, thought the goat was bad. Get it? it? Really?
0: For you, you get guinea pig balls. <laughs> well, then the female guinea pig started uh, to exhibit mounting behavior. <laughs> so testosterone you know, i see that yeah i guess it could i don't think really that would work but maybe um those in search of manly vigor did not always just stick to animal interventions so i found this in um a chicago newspaper in the early 20s there were actually a rash of gland thefts among the young and healthy oh you don't among the it. young like um, taking from people young guinea pigs no young people so most of the time what happened was a young man was out drinking he was accosted in chloroform into submission as he stumbled Mm -hmm. home when he awoke he was missing a key part of himself so and he's probably really missing that too
1: (laughs) this is like the the legend you know where they wake up in the the bathtub bathtub with their kidney gone. yes Yeah, we exactly. to call
0: nine one one. Yeah, yeah, it's the nineteen twenties version of that. And, and there was this quote from a policeman in the article, Lieutenant Barth Fleming. He said, "Ponce de Leon sought the fountain of eternal youth. Doctors recently have found it in gland transplantation. A youth, however, must be sacrificed for the aged to be restored. We now have another duty. This is the policeman. They have another duty that of protecting our youth from the aged. So." He was taking his responsibility very seriously. There, oh, I know. Isn't protect, that crazy? Protect and serve, man. <laughs> <laughs> so the that's in Chicago happened at the time and around the time when Brinkley's business in Kansas was booming. Brinkley Hospital in Milford had his own herd of goats. They were the Totenbergs, of course. I think Toten, Tokenberg, Totenberg, special Toten Totenbergs, <laughs> of course. And out, uh, oh, special goats and many men yeah, and women. special, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there were many men and women willing to pay a lot of money for Dr. Brinkley's uh, surgery. The town of Milford, of course, loved him because he was bringing all this money and publicity to the town. He hobnobbed with the rich and famous traveling. I'm sorry, I had to laugh at hobnob. It was. I love year. that word. <laughs> hobnob <laughs> favorite of, work. Be- of Milford. The knob. Like, yeah. I- yeah. Um, And he traveled to L.A. to hang out with the owner of the L.A. Times, Harry Chandler. Mm -hmm. Some say that Brinkley actually operated on Chandler, but we don't really know for sure. One thing I know, right? It was all very hush-hush, yes. One thing we do know that happened during his visit to L.A. was that he toured a radio station and was impressed with its potential. He flirted with the idea of starting a clinic in California. But the state medical board told him he was not qualified to operate there, so I okay. guess he needed to buy another. <laughs> wow, that wasn't part of the eight that he got for free. That California—that was yeah. wasn't part
1: of the states. Yep, no.
0: yeah, yeah. This guy, setbacks do not have an impact on him. I mean, he is goes forward. Yeah, he just really tries everything. So after I'm gonna idea- say he's got balls. What? Oh, you did go right? there. Yeah, he's after dedicated. The- I would have said
1: dedicated, Jen. No, but I,
0: I didn't. I didn't. I'm on theme. (laughs) After the idea of the clinic in California did not work out, um, he returned to Milford, invested in his clinic some more, and then started his own radio station in 1923. And it was called KFKB, which either stood for Kansas First, Kansas Best, or Kansas Folks Know Best. Not sure. Um, Brinkley used the radio
1: he is two. a renaissance man that he is, is a faux yeah. show
0: he re- he really is and it you can see doctor like, yeah telegrapher
1: <laughs>
0: radio personality i mean well guess what he did with this radio program guess what he promoted uh gland surgery Balls? yeah himself mm-hmm. basically oh yeah. yeah yeah um and and his clinic and he was really successful and her clinic was thriving In fact, he brought in so much money that when a California grand jury wanted to indict Brinkley, so they actually started investigating him in California when he was interested in in opening his own clinic there. So they wanted to indict him, him sent back to California for practicing with a fake medical degree. The Kansas governor at the time, Jonathan M. Davis, refused to comply. He told California that we people in Kansas get found on his medicine. We're going to keep him here so long as he lives. Oh. So Brinkley continued operating his clinic and broadcasting his message to the world. He used this radio station to dispense medical advice in a regular segment that he called, cleverly, medical question box. <laughs> so, right? So listeners sent him descriptions of their ailments, and he prescribed medication. And guess where people could only buy these medicines? at his, his at his place. at the pharmacies yes. yep that yes. had a deal with brinkley wow. um they belonged to what he called the brinkley pharmaceutical association and it sold over-the-counter he's medications so many
1: businesses he i i just what a grifter he's amazing <laughs> he's amazing
0: <laughs> he sold these over-the-counter meds at inflated prices and they sent a portion of their profits back to brinkley like you said he he's a uh, He's got his fingers in a lot of pies, right? If only he would have used his everything for good instead no. of monetary gain
1: for he himself. Was, he wants to good, Jen. He's making babies from goat.
0: Sure he is. Stuff. Sure he is. He's helping man. Uh huh. Well, think of all is. the people he's curing with these these uh, medicines. But you won't be surprised to learn that he had been on AMA's radar for a while.
1: We know we his don't attempt. Say.
0: Right. Shocking. We know his attempt to practice medicine in California was denied. Also, in 1923, there was a St. Louis star journalist, Harry T. Brundage. He investigated and published an expose on the corrupt and unfortunately all too common process of selling medical diplomas to unqualified buyers. And one of the prime offenders was Brinkley's alma mater, the Eclectic Medical University of Kansas City. Plus, there were complaints from reputable doctors about patients who are suffering as a result of their treatment at Brinkley's facility. So unsurprisingly, in, in light of his questionable medical training, which he maybe 70% completed um, at less than a reputable medical school, um, frequency of operating while intoxicated.
1: Oh, and less, oh. yeah.
0: And less, oh. less than sterile operating environments. Nice. Um so some patients suffered from infection, and an undetermined oh. number died. So he would go on to be sued more than a dozen times for wrongful death between 1930 and 1941. That's it, though—like only a dozen times. Yeah, that is actually kind of surprising, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty low for 11 years. I yeah, don't think they right? were so
1: happy like we are today. I guess. could be. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now that is that no. is kind of surprising. So what's really interesting. <laughs> To me, and all this is that the people of Milford. Oh, it's really
1: interesting to you, on all of this, like none of that was. Oh my, <laughs> this is so, a national and here right story. I know. Yeah.
0: So, so, but Milford loved him. So every report I read what? said he earned the people of Milford's respect as a competent and caring doctor. During the 1918 influenza epidemic, which is when he, you know, it's right after he got in the army, and they just moved there. Um, and people really seem to have respected him for that. So his clinic brought in a steady stream of income to the otherwise impoverished community, and his radio station was doing great. KFKB was voted the most popular radio station in America in a survey by Radio Times. So, I mean, he's. I want to be a doctor with the radio station. <laughs> Sign me up. He's not a doctor, but he plays one on the radio. I know, so, <laughs> um, at this point, the AMA led by Dr. Morris Fishbein was devoted to getting Brinkley out of the operating room and off the airwaves. In September of 1930, Kansas revoked Brinkley's license. And whatever one thinks of him, he did not take defeat lying down. Brinkley decided the best way to get his license back was to run for Kansas governor. Oh, yeah. You can reinstate yourself. I see that. Sure. So using his KFKB, he campaigned as an independent right in candidate. This platform, which I found in a Kansas Belleville Telescope article, said that John R. Brickley is standing for the office of governor of this state, the man himself. Thirteen years ago, he returned from the Great War, having offered his life for his country. Remember, he just was suffering from the anal, Re- fiss- anal fissure. Yeah. Yeah. Fighting impaired health, having no finances, and having the opposition of his profession, he has built the Brinkley institutions by the sheer force of his determination. Courage, hard work, and stick to have been the tools by which he has carved out success. So then the crazy thing is, um, <laughs> he actually almost won. <laughs> I'm not shocked. He was, uh, a uh, yeah. yeah. So he made a good showing. The Democrat had 217,171 votes. The Republican had 216,920 votes. And Brinkley had 183,278. So for somebody who came into the race late and they had to write his name in, he really did very well. Did very well. Yes. He's an educated doctor and
1: radio star. Come on (laughs) now.
0: He was using all of the to be in yeah. your politics. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Shortly after he lost his medical license and then the election, the FCC refused to renew his broadcast license wow. on the basis that his program was mostly advertising, which it totally <laughs> was, right? So without a license to practice medicine, Brinkley put two of his protégés in charge of the clinic. He sold the radio station in Kansas and set up another one this one he located along the Mexican border on Mexico's side and outside oh. of the jurisdiction of the FCC. Right? He's and this dummy. one was yeah, Drifter's this got a grift. He, this one was called XER and it was what they called a border blaster at the time. It could be heard as far away as Canada. I don't know. Back Pretty, in the 30s? Uh yeah, 30s? this was yeah, this was in 1931, right? Isn't that what I said? Well, I was getting yeah lost. yeah that's when he ran for gov- governor yeah 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 so 1930s a went. powerful person so locals said the signal was so strong it could turn on car, car headlights it made their bed springs hum <laughs> there's got to <laughs> be a joke in it made there made their bed springs hum and and it sent Brinkley's voice wandering in and out of other people's telephone mm-hmm. conversations. So it was a really strong signal and it allowed Brinkley to use his Mexican station to run for office in Kansas again in 1932. Mm -hmm. I don't think he did very well. Not like the first time. And unsurprisingly, XER had a format like KFKBs. So Brinkley continued his practice of offering medicinal cures to writers. Also, he sold advertising spots. This is disturbing. Advertising spots to a variety of products. One was... Kohler back K-O-L-O-R-B-A-K, Kohler back hair dye, which caused lead poisoning. Another was lash lure, which caused blindness. Hmm. Uh Ratathor, which was certified radioactive water. Uh coronel was a depilatory made from rat poison, yeah, right. And Rysol, which was advertised as a safe douche. Yes, I knew oh, that. Oh. yeah. A Smithsonian article explains that this reference to it as a douche was a euphemism for birth control. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in other words, Lysol, which at the time was an antiseptic soap that prior to 1953 contained Cresol, and it was thought to kill sperm. Cresol does not actually kill sperm, but it does cause inflammation, burning, and even death. Ooh. Yeah, not, not good. Right. I guess the FDA wasn't around at this yeah. time to stop that, all these horrible he's doing things his, uh, campaign that sound ads. mostly well he's in he's say. in Mexico too right, yeah, right so. he's doing yeah. his
1: campaigns ad ads from Mexico if that yeah, yeah. About. and it yeah. seems
0: like all those are uh all those products are aimed at women right
1: pretty yeah. much interesting and they're
0: all harmful yeah, yeah. that's that's, a, that's an interesting. I didn't make that connection but you are yeah. absolutely right Beauty other Spain than the really, the depilatory yeah. I guess that could go for male and female people, patients, but... I
1: don't think uh, men back then, they didn't
0: do take much hair? of
1: that, did they?
0: Ripping no. hair out? Yeah.
1: They weren't yeah. manscaping back then. So <laughs> I don't think that existed.
0: I don't think I don't there really was is- any scaping. But anyway, now that he'd set up shop in Texas and Mexico, Brinkley closed his Kansas Milford Clinic and he opened a new one in Del Rio, Texas. And from what I've read, it seems Del Rio's officials were a little bit like Kansas' back in the day. They did not care about his qualifications. They just liked his money. And the goat gland procedures kind of put on the back burner here. So what he did was he did pretty much a modified vasectomy and he sold patients, a strict regimen of patented medicines. Now the special ingredient in his modified surgery was a squirt of Mercurochrome. Oh, ouch. Well, it colored the patient's urine for a few days after the operations. While he lived in Texas, Brinkley traveled around the world with his wife and son. I mean, why not? He's got all the money. And there are actually videos of him on um Galapagos Island, like with the, you know, tortoises and it's it's pretty amazing. So they lived it up while the money kept rolling in. But of course there were problems. The AMA was not finished with him. In nineteen thirty-eight, the group published a two-part series called modern medical charlatans that specifically included information about Brinkley's career and his questionable medical credentials. Brinkley, who by this time had fully bought into his obs, sued the author, Morris shine huh. for libel. A March 1939 trial did not go well for Brinkley. I was going to say the discovery must have been really fun yeah, on that <laughs> right. trial. The jury found that, um, That he should be considered a charlatan and a quack in the ordinary, well understood meaning of those words. Uh So, with the jury's verdict against him on the record books, then everybody who had any gripe against him sued him. So, to add insult to injury, the IRS began investigating Brinkley for tax evasion at this time, too. It's always the way with these guys, it's the IRS that gets them.
1: Uh
0: He declared bankruptcy in 1941. And then the US Post Office Department started investigating him for mail fraud.
1: Mm.
0: Come on, come on. Right. He'd been sending all those medications through Mm -hmm. the mail. So, in 1942, before the mail case could go to trial, though, Brinkley died of heart failure. The money he'd amassed during his lifetime was gone. So, this basically concludes what I have to tell you about Dr. John Brinkley, the goat gland miracle worker who made it big and lost it all. And um, Radio
1: Star. don't And Radio, radio Star. is should have left Star.
0: that in there, too. Yeah. Later Star. It's a very important. It uh, radio Star. Radio Star. <laughs> <laughs> can't FDA make it here. You make, make it anywhere. May kill the radio doctor guy. <laughs> right? That's our smidge of song. and yes, yeah, of song.
1: <laughs> People are crazy. There's have
0: There is an excellent documentary based on Pope Brock's book. It's called Nuts perfect title yes yeah. i love and it I totally recommend that so ladies do you have any like real quick questions or anything before we go to the the factor fiction game
1: uh i have so many questions i don't even know but i don't even think you can answer them because <laughs> i can't believe humankind i can't believe humankind that's all i'm gonna say about
0: i mean that. i know you can still buy like, like they had that huge nursing thing where they found that all these nurses have paid to get their RNs and stuff like that they just found really yeah I think like 7,000 nurses oh I don't know the whole story of it but I just like off cuff oh no I don't have any um... we'll get into questions as you're asking our facts right so listeners we're going to pause for a second to hear from our sponsor and then we'll be right back to play fact or fiction are you a toffee lover do you crave something sweet and delicious that you can indulge in guilt-free, then you must try bell toffee. Bell toffee is made with only the finest ingredients, including creamery butter, pure cane sugar, and high-quality nuts. It's made in small batches in our kitchen in Lee Summit, Missouri, to ensure the highest level of quality and freshness. And the best part? Bell toffee comes in a variety of flavors, so there's something for everyone. Milk chocolate almond, bourbon pecan, dark chocolate almond, and roasted hazelnut espresso. There's a flavor for every taste bud. Whether you're looking for a special treat for yourself or a unique gift for a loved one, Bell Toffee has got you covered. And with their easy online ordering and fast shipping, it's never been easier to enjoy delicious toffee whenever you want. So head over to belltoffee.com today to place your order and experience the sweet taste of Bell Toffee. All right, everybody, we are here with Cam and Jen from our True Crime podcast, and they have just listened to me tell a mostly true story. And now, ladies, are you ready to play Fact or Fiction? Let's do it. We'll try it. All right. All right. Like that attitude. Cam, so- are you ready? You're quiet. I, I'm, I, yeah, You're I'm never just, quiet. I, I,
1: I know. I'm really excited, but I'm also worried because like that all, ooh, it could go either way.
0: You know, I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I have it's, to, I, so it's bizarre. bizarre it's also way bizarre way more is,
1: bizarre than i thought i was like I oh thought, this would be so easy
0: no yeah. it's not this is like anything goes type yeah thing. yeah pretty, pretty much exactly. mm-hmm. yeah so choice number one john brinkley's father must have been thing he was married four times and brinkley's own mother this is the fiction brinkley's own mother was the young niece of his father's third wife so that part's the fiction Uh, Dr. Brinkley's own mother was the young niece of his father's third wife. Choice two, the final star for Sally Wilkie Brinkley, that's the first wife, came when a drunken Brinkley was arrested and needed her help to bail him out. Choice three, Brinkley spent most of his time in the army suffering from anal fistulas. Oh, I hate that. And choice four. Been there, done that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) According to the newspaper in Chicago in the early 1920s, there were a rash of gland thefts among the young and healthy. So those are her four choices. So, well, I'm going to say the whole niece, mother, aunt, cousin thing. I think that's pretty plausible, don't you? Can I mean? I, I, I totally. think that happened I, a I, lot. I have
1: my one. I have. I have my. I think. No whammies. I have mine.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the, the aunt, sister, <laughs> uncle, person, I I believe that's probably and a, a long true. time ago. They did that. They did, right. You know, I mean. You, marry, you married cool. who you knew. Right. I mean, it's not like you can <laughs> jump on Grindr or Tinder and just find somebody. <laughs> right? Then it was ben called. Then you get whoever comes to your house is open game. Could be a cousin. Um, it's okay. Could be the cousin. Okay. <laughs> What's this? what was the second one? Second the one was. Yeah. Uh-huh. The final straw for her, his wife, was when he, she had to bail him out of jail for being drunk.
1: Well, I think many wives have been there. Am I um, wrong? I no. No, but I mean, it happens. I think It that's happens. And, and she
0: had to do that a lot. Uh,
1: but plausible. But he was
0: making money and she was finally, like, enjoying the... This is the first wife. Oh, the first wife. The first wife, the one that left him with the kids. With the three? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But wasn't he making money by then? With all of his goat testicle things? Uh, no, no, no. This is before then. He oh, didn't okay. have it. Okay. He didn't have his medical okay. diploma at that point. Oh, he didn't buy that. He was still <laughs> saving to buy that. This fake
1: loma. He didn't his have fake a fake loma. loma. <laughs>
0: Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, okay. Medical
1: fake fake Loma did exist. Yeah.
0: Okay. So she left him before he got rich and famous. Yeah. And that might've been the final straw. I can see that. Okay. And the third one again, according to Chicago newspapers in the early twenties, there was somebody going around, uh, there were a rash others. of gland thefts among the young and healthy. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I would think that I would have heard about, not me personally, but I would think <laughs> that there would have been a, you know, that might be more common knowledge unless it was just kept under but you know the because nobody people... wants to People Nobody are a little crazy, that.
1: though. People are a little crazy. Like I could see that they thought that they, they they jump on the bandwagon and do that.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like you go and not many men would come forward. I think to say, you know what? I've totally been eunuched. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just cut. I don't know. I don't know though. Would, would men go if to you the place take for one?
1: That? Is it okay? I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, I would think. I mean, you could take
1: two, and, and you, take, you know, man, I—they're so proud. You don't so need to leave. If, if if you had one, I think they would almost be too embarrassed to say, "Hey, I had one removed." Right? Well, but so, you don't
0: need them to survive. Left. but I think you would bleed pretty heavily if you got them. And so, and off. then then the fourth choice, he spent most of his time in the army suffering from anal fistulas.
1: Oh, that's my favorite right there. That one's my favorite. Which <laughs> happens, which I gotta admit happens. I, I don't... I, that'd be something I don't, really embarrassing. God, I can't come to the field today. I, so
0: I don't really... My is a fistula hurts. the same as a fissure? Is a hemorrhoid? Uh,
1: It's kind of worse. Well, I don't know. It's like a cut, and yeah. so it doesn't heal. It's like heal. a paper cut. Paper cut paper. on your hoop, boob. Your, on your... Oh. Uh, done. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so it, it's... Uh, and, it and would you know, it, it
1: reopens... Every time, every anything. day, maybe twice a day, maybe.
0: depending Depends on how regular you have. depending on
1: how regular you are, yeah, so i I get that I don't Depends know if that upon what really,
0: Brinkley recommends. I
1: don't know if that really prohibit you from fighting in the field, right well he if he
0: never left the states, he was down in Texas the whole time, so okay, well, the kudos whole two months is, is that's chilla. true,
1: kudos for him for finding him, that's, that's, that's you know he's not flat footed or any of that right so good for him so any, i don't know any choice. choices i'm gonna go with um the rash of the gland theft okay gland to theft the... auto uh-huh. Gland theft auto yep yep all right that what that, do you th- that was, what was my thinking? first one that's uh-huh. my first one however thinking about this if you own the military and it's war time I think anything goes so you can have a little butt problem and they don't care. So I'm going to, I'm going to say no on that one. I think, well, am I, I'm looking at you now. Am I going to say no? I don't like to be a loser. Uh, No, It's okay.
0: It's okay to lose. There's no way you could know. This stuff is also ridiculous. Actually I did find in the newspapers in Chicago, there were newspaper reports that say that there was somebody stealing the glands of young and healthy men i found that wow. I, can send it to I don't know that it's true i know it's in the newspaper so and it was the tribune the chicago tribune it was not Bizarre. a star like, it was writing. like weekly world news yeah yeah it yeah. was it's not it bad, was a real newspaper Bad um, boy and then also Ken, you're going to be disappointed but he did spend most of his time in the army suffering from oh. the anal fistulas oh. um his dad you are correct. Um, He'd been married four times, and Brinkley's mom was the young niece of his father's third wife. The, the choice I made up was that the final straw for uh, Sally Wilkie Brinkley came when a drunken Brinkley was arrested and needed her help to bail him out. So the most normal one is yeah, it, when, yeah. which um, is, is
1: nothing fiction. if you listen to this whole story. I know. <laughs> I know. Like I that's, was like, that's why I picked the one. I was like, this one seems the most normal. Normal. It's like, a butt problems. Yeah. As a human, you have butt problems. Yeah,
0: yeah. The whole point is that the stuff is, like, it's so crazy. Nobody can make it up. It's, and. Yeah. yeah. Fact is stranger than fiction. Yeah. Fact is definitely stranger than fiction. Than nobody habit, would believe so. you. Nobody right. would believe you. Yeah. You'd get panned saying this is too off the wall i don't know uh-huh. what she's thinking but yeah. you know like it, people
1: it, people buy into that because like now you say we think oh goat goat testicles that, that is ridiculous uh-huh some little hollywood celebrity <laughs> or somebody slammed onto that we'd be like maybe it's true maybe it <laughs> happens
0: i mean we're all I very susceptible we yeah. mention you
1: take- any names but the Remember that one person who is a celebrity with the uh vagina uh steam bath where you sat on the mm-hmm. thing, the cupping on the back. I mean oh, that's all me. this crazy stuff, right?
0: Well, I'm so. telling you, if somebody told me to get some goat nads to put it on my face to get rid of the wrinkles, I'd be there in a heartbeat to do it. You know? Just, but the surgery though. I don't know yeah, about So maybe. I'm like a cream. I'm what oh, right. a cream. Yeah. <laughs> not not yeah. like a knife. Yeah people are always interested in the next fountain of youth oh yeah right yes mm-hmm. yeah you know, we're we're always chasing that so so yeah ladies thank you so much um, that was, I, this, was fun. So fun. this was so, so fun I hope you had a really good I, I want to the, do it again I <laughs> know I'm ready to <laughs> do it
1: again because well, I was I, I, yeah. hook line and sinker I was in I was like oh yeah yeah,
0: yeah. It, I'm so glad you enjoyed it oh we loved it it's amazing. <laughs> it's a great story and and I definitely encourage you to check out that nuts documentary oh I, I I at the
1: beginning of this I yeah. thought oh that that's the fake story the whole thing the whole premise <laughs> and then I'm like oh wait that's not it okay. right
0: there's yeah. so many things in there that are just hard to believe everybody thank you so much for listening as always you can find relevant images and all of my sources on fact or podcast.com as well as on the Factor Fiction Facebook page. I've also added a link to our True Crime podcast website to make it Woo-hoo! easy for you to listen to their fantastic show. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank, thank you thank for you. having uh, us. Thanks. In every minute. Bye. Uh, bye. That was, oh, was so Lord, fun. That it was really so was much fun. fun. That was fun. I loved it. Thank you for listening to Fact or Fiction, a Mostly True Crime History podcast. You can find relevant images and sources on factorfictionpodcast.com. Say hello to us on our Fact or Fiction Facebook page. And we're now on Instagram at Mostly True Crime. Music for this episode was provided by Nick Wiley. Fact or Fiction is a Maxman Labs production. Goodbye.